Last Monday, two young Australian soldiers were killed in Afghanistan when a bomb exploded. One of the men was an army dog handler who died with his border collie cross. Dogs play an important role in conflict zones, sniffing out weapons and explosives. The work is, however, dangerous and potentially deadly. Shane Bryant is often on the front line of war zones with his sniffer dog. He's been a dog handler in the Army and New South Wales Police Force, but he's now a private contractor based in Afghanistan working for Australian or American units to hunt out bombs. The book telling his story and that of his dogs is called War Dogs. When I caught up with Shane, I asked him to tell me about the first dogs he was assigned when he touched down in Afghanistan, and the dogs were called Ricky and Hellboy. And I initially started, uh, after a little bit of training with both the dogs, selecting Hellboy uh, because of his personality and his drive. But once uh, we started searching uh, Afghani trucks, uh, which we call jingle trucks over there because they have a lot of chains and, and noisy things hanging off their trucks, uh, Hellboy was sort of scared of him so I ended up picking Ricky in the end and uh, it worked out pretty good But Ricky didn't like gunfire Oh no, he's uh, he, I'd always, if we, if we ever got into a firefight or ambush or, or anything like that I'd have to uh, push him down on the floor of the truck and tread on his lead so he he was covered by the, uh, by the up armour of the vehicle One of my favourite photos in this book, War Dogs is of you and Ricky on a gun truck. You've got some kind of machine gun in one hand and you're holding the water bottle so Ricky can have a drink in the other. Yeah. It is <laughs> I don't just... know which pitch you're talking about. <laughs> it is just a beautiful shot and it really, I think, illustrates for me the dual roles that you're playing. You've got this uh, wonderful dog that you formed a close bond with, but if you don't uh, keep one eye out, you're going to get shot. Yeah, exactly. You know, if we're in any danger, you know, I can uh, push him down to the floor and keep him covered. That way I can start looking after myself from there. And there's another classic photo of him all huddled up in the back, surrounded by gear and kit. And, you know, this is a military operation, but the guys modified the truck somewhat to make the dog more comfortable. Yeah, I think it was after that actual mission when we had a a team meeting with the SF guys and I brought up saying, hey, we need to fix up the back of the truck there. My dog's not not too comfortable while we're bouncing around. There's stuff falling underneath him and falling between my legs. So one of the other team guys came out and helped me and we unbolted all the chairs and rearranged the back so he had his own little area to sit and we we had another area where we can put all the weapons and the ammunition and all the other equipment that we carried in the back there. Tell me about a typical day, Shane Bryant, with Ricky on the job in Afghanistan. For example, when I was out in a place called Aruzgan working with one of the USSF teams, uh, we had our own room, so he had a, a, one of those uh, portable kennels in his room, which he'd sleep in at night time. He could come and walk around my bedroom freely if he liked, or he'd jump up on the bed. But the morning routine would be uh, get up. As soon as I got up, I'd grab Ricky, take him out for a walk, um, probably for like half an hour to an hour, let him exercise, and then uh, I'd use a hookup with another good friend of mine, which is he's an American military dog handler, um, Lee, and would go out there after breakfast and set up some training areas. We'd bury uh, explosives or weapons or ammunition out in open areas or roads, which was you know was in the safety area of the fob, and and train together, continually trying to improve our dogs. Uh, any other time of that, I'd go out and help the SF guys uh, carry out the logistics part of. The, part of the the area out there or um, clean up the trucks and Ricky would always be hanging out with me 
Uh, if we went to the gym, he'd come in the gym. The SF guy's happy. He'd just sit there and watch us all in the gym. He'd become part of the, the group as well, just as much as I did. He'd probably become part of it more than I did. You had some close shaves, though, you and your dog, and your uh, colleagues and their dogs had some very terrible moments. Can you just elaborate a bit for me about some of the things that stick in your mind about being on the job and having that awfully close shave with mortality? Um, one story with Ricky that's in the book there, um, we we're, were driving through a village and uh, we knew it was it was pretty quiet and we could see the, the uh, Afghan women, children and elderly walking away from a distance from the village. So that gives you a good indication that something's about to happen because uh, they're evacuating the area, and it was pretty quiet. There was no other activity around, so obviously the um, the Taliban were hiding and getting ready to uh, engage us. And, you know, you, there, there was vehicles up in front of me, and you could hear the gun, you know, the gunfight erupt. And then all of a sudden I could see my dog, Ricky, just his head was going from side to side. And then, I, you know, when I could listen... Um, you could hear the, the, the rounds whizzing past the vehicle, zinging past the vehicle, and that sort of got his attention. He was trying to work out what that was. Uh, so obviously at that stage, I'd pushed him down to the floor of the vehicle. Uh, another time with uh, Benny, my second dog over there, uh, we're, we're driving along a, a dirt road, going up a ridgeline of a, of a mountain there, and uh, one of the uh, A&A trucks, the Afghan National Army trucks, uh, r- drove over a improvised explosive device it was actually remote uh, detonated but they miscalculated it when the vehicle ran over so they just they detonated it just as the vehicle went past so they'd missed the actual target so after that obviously the the minesweepers and the dog teams were called out to start searching the rest of the roads and as we're searching um the minesweepers were probably 50 meters in front of me uh, we, then we started getting mortared so those mortars were flying around us Eventually, we uh, withdrew and went back to the trucks and started engaging the targets. Another one, a good friend, he's an Australian guy that used to be in the Australian Protective Services guy. He had a dog called Apis, and uh, I went left Aruzgon for vacation, and Guy had gone out there to switch out with me for a, while I was gone. And I think he'd been there for about a week. And uh, he was in the back of, a, back of a truck with his dog called Apis, which I think is a picture of Apis in the book as well. And like usually had his dog sitting between his knees and he was a man and uh, the 240 machine gun and they got ambushed. And one of the rounds uh, flew between his legs and hit his dog in the foot. So that dog, uh, Apis, was uh, medevaced out from the field and is actually uh, living a normal life as a pet back home in the States. They medevaced a dog out? Yeah, oh, yeah they definitely would. <laughs> Amazing. You retell those stories quite nonchalantly, Shane Bryant, but I know that it's a lot more gritty than that and I know that uh, being on the front line of war can't be an easy thing to reconcile with, particularly when you're back at home and the so-called normalcy of Australia. My guest today on ABC Radio is Shane Bryant and with Tony Park he's written War Dogs, An Australian and His Dog Go to War in Afghanistan. Shane can dogs suffer similar wartime stresses that humans do, soldiers do? Yeah, they get a thing that we call shell shock. Uh, if dogs are involved in too many firefights, loud noises, explosions, um, they'll definitely shut down without a doubt. So obviously the dog has to go back and get retrained or re-socialised you know, if it hasn't gone too bad. Uh, 
or they just get retired. But they definitely can suffer shell shock, and I've, I've seen it in the past. But once that's happened, um, they've retired and sent back home as a pet, and living, living the easy life. <laughs> Do you think they settle in well to a life post-war and post-conflict? Oh, the dogs adapt very quickly. We are without a doubt. There's no problems with that. Just talking about the uh, the, the stresses and, and strains of, of what war can do to humans and dogs alike, I had to have a chuckle in reading your book, Shane. You'd come back home to catch up with your kids and I loved the last line in the chapter. It says, while I hadn't been especially stressed by the end of my first four months in Afghanistan... I was after two weeks of looking after five kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely keep me busy. You've been in the army since the age of seventeen. You you joined the police force after being discharged from the army. You went back to Afghanistan as a civilian contractor. This sort of nomadic life with lots of conflict it did take a toll on your personal life, didn't it, over the years? Yeah, I guess so. You're not so. Uh, uh... I think you're a lot more quieter and um, there's that times when I come, especially when I come back from holidays now, it, ta- it takes me a long time to settle back in because I'm usually going you know, 100 miles an hour over there 24 days, 24 hours, seven days a week. So it usually takes me about three weeks to settle in back home, get into a normal routine uh, where I can actually sit down and be comfortable and then I'm getting back on an aircraft flying back there again. And Plus when you're only home a short amount of time, the whole f- everyone wants to catch up with you. So you don't get too much time because you're always running around uh, seeing family and friends and and obviously spending time, good quality time with the kids and going to their sports on the weekends. And You're trying to be a dad and cramming that into just your three-week holiday. Yeah, exactly. Trying to catch up on the, you know, the past four months or three months before that, that I missed out on. War dogs certainly opened my eyes to the role that dogs play, particularly in conflict situations and the very important role they do in sniffing out trouble before their human colleagues get there. Do you think that they actually have quite a critical role in saving people's lives? Oh, definitely, without a doubt. And I guess the Iraq war proves that because they, they they didn't have too many dogs over there at one stage and they started bringing in these scanners and, and these explosive ones which they found uh, weren't, weren't working and actually explosives were getting through. So they've started bringing in a lot more do- dogs back into the country now to do the explosive detection role. And in Afghanistan, the, the dog uh, commitments over there are just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, the US military have put in their own dog programs, um, and there's a, there's huge contracts coming up at the moment, which is you know just under 400 dog teams, severe dogs, dog teams are going to be required over there soon. Just briefly tell me, Shane Bryant, about your second dog that you got. It was called Benny the Bouncer. How did yeah. it get its name? <laughs> he got the, he got the name by biting his, one of his handlers on the head. He's a type of dog that I guess he had a he had a couple of rough hand dog handlers. Uh, so. I ended up picking him up, and I knew he was a little bit of an aggressive dog, but I knew he had a good heart, and he was, he was an ex- excellent search dog. Uh, as soon as I knew he was available, once I'd lost Ricky, because i come home for a few months, and Ricky got routine with someone else, um, I picked him up, and we just immediately had a bond straight away, and he's probably the best working dog I've ever had. He was he was quiet. He wouldn't he wouldn't bark. He, you know, he wasn't aggressive, but he, he could be unpredictable. You just didn't know when he was going to latch out. 
and he certainly knew how to do that on occasion. There was rather a funny incident that you describe about uh, him taking the crotch out of someone's pants. Yeah, we just finished the missions for the night and we were harbouring up on a ridgeline, uh, getting ready to, to to sleep, and um, we we're just we we're having some um, military food, and he was chained to the side of the the gun truck. And I was on the other side eating and one of the SF guys that was in the truck walked around the other side and forgot Benny was actually there and it all started getting dark. And um, all I heard was his squeal and Benny just growling and um, I walked around to see what's happened and the, the crutch is missing out of one of the SF guy's pants. One of the lighter moments of life on the front line in Afghanistan, Shane Bryant, who's written War Dogs, the story of an Aussie and his dog in Afghanistan.